Recent research conducted by Queensland University of Technology and the ABC has revealed that Australians spent a whopping $1.9 million on 84 of TikTok's biggest streamers in the space of just one month. It was also found that 70% of each dollar donated by fans was pocketed directly by TikTok, with only 30% going to the streamers. Georgia Hayway asked Patrick Wickstrom of the School of Communications at Queensland University of Technology why people are sending such vast sums of money to their fans on a platform which takes almost 70% of the cut. That is a good question. I mean, these 84 streamers that we are looking at, they are very good at attracting loyal audience and they are not focused on any particular genres such as music or cooking or anything like that. They are just talking and chatting and having a casual conversation with their fans online. And on the question of why people are donating money to these people, you can look at it as busking on in the street, right? So if you are seeing a in the street and you think they're doing an excellent job, you are wanting to support them and, and to so you give them 10 bucks or something like that. So th- that is probably the reason why. There are some other darker sides of things, and that is that there are very gambling-like structures behind this, which means that people can get addicted to the whole game of being part of this community. And we've seen, and we give some examples in that article of how people spend more money than they probably should considering the, the economy they're dealing with. Part of your research in conjunction with the ABC involved donating some coins to a live streamer. Now, it was revealed in this process that one coin was worth 93 cents, but TikTok pocketed most of the donation with the streamer receiving only 37 cents. So how can TikTok receive such a large amount of money from a donation that should presumably go to the streamer? Well, TikTok can do whatever they want, right? It's, so it's uh, it, uh, th- this is the way that this chain has been set up. So you're absolutely right that if you, uh, if you give $10 to a singer in the street, that singer gets all the $10. If you do the same thing on TikTok to a live streamer, the streamer only gets, well, something like 30%, sometimes a bit less than that. So Seven out of the 10 bucks ends up with TikTok. How can they do that? Well, they, this is how it's been set up. And, and uh, TikTok isn't, isn't hiding this at all, right? So it's, uh, it is not entirely easy to see how the money disappears along the way. But it's not hidden and they're not doing anything fishy. So if they want to do it this way, uh, they can certainly do it as such. And, and people seem to be okay with it in, in one way or another. At least they're still playing the game. There have been some people who have spent tens of thousands and even one person who spent $300,000 in a month. Do you think TikTok is an app that encourages addiction? And if so, do you think the Australian government has a responsibility to intervene and address this? I think that TikTok and these kinds of gamified, as they say, activities encourage addiction. And in our interviews with these people, they expressed that they didn't feel in full control of their behaviors and, 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 and wanted to stop in the same way as when you go to a casino and you have a gambling addiction and so on and so forth. So there are very strong parallels between them. So it, looking at it that way, the Australian government should have the same responsibility to regulate these kinds of behaviors as they do with other kinds of gambling. But it's difficult to define uh, and categorize this as gambling anyway. But it does indeed uh, encourage those kinds of behaviors. And, and from a 
purely moral point of view, you, you, it feels like, yes, this is something that we should do something about to protect these vulnerable people who, who might end up in ruining their economy using these, these kinds of games, if I call it that. And just one final question. As mentioned at the beginning of the interview, you recently co-authored a book on TikTok. Do you think TikTok is reshaping connection on social media for better or in fact making the way that we interact online with each other worse? A bit of both, right? TikTok is the platform where Australians spend the most time. So there are wonderful great, lovely things going on on the platform, and there are some really dark, nasty things happening as well. So it's uh, difficult to say that it's only good or it's only bad. It would be wrong to say that let's kill off TikTok and social media platforms altogether, but it is important for the Australian government or any government for that matter to regulate these platforms in a way so we make them as less harmful as, as possible. And there are some really bad things going on on TikTok and some of them are being discussed in the media on a daily basis. And the, the contribution that we've made is, is one part of that. It's uh, definitely a sad and, and worrying thing going on. Just quickly, are you able to elaborate on some of the dark spaces in TikTok for someone who might not be aware? Well, the biggest concern that I've been raised about TikTok is how it is protecting young people and particularly uh, young people who are interested in particular topics. So if you, for instance, have mental health problems and maybe you have eating disorders and so on and so forth, you might get led into communities where those kinds of issues are being discussed in a way that is not really helpful for someone who is suffering from such problems. So it's that's quite serious matters that TikTok are claiming that they're trying to address, but they could do much more. Georgia Hayway there with Professor Patrick Wickstrom of the School of Communication at Queensland University of Technology.